Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Special counsel Robert Mueller has impaneled a federal grand jury in Washington in his probe of Russia's meddling in the 2016 election and possible collusion by Trump campaign associates, according to three people familiar with the investigation. That and the expansion of his team with high-profile lawyers, expert in international bribery, organized crime, and financial fraud, indicate that Mueller's investigation is escalating, likely past simply a report to Congress. President Trump did not comment directly on the grand jury when reporters shouted questions at him, but he did repeat his allegations that the investigation is a fiction at a rally last night in West Virginia. The Russia story is a total fabrication. It's just an excuse for the greatest loss in the history of American politics. That's all. Ty Cobb, special counsel to the president, said in a statement that he wasn't aware that Mueller was using a grand jury, but the White House favors anything that accelerates the conclusion of his work fairly. Our guests are Jed Sugarman, professor at Fordham University Law School, and Gene Healy, vice president at the Cato Institute. Jed, there's been a great deal of hype about what the impaneling of the grand jury in D.C. means, and it can mean a lot of things, but prosecutors often work with dedicated grand juries investigations. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this is not, a, it's not so surprising that, uh, that Mueller would be getting to a grand jury at some point, but there are several things that are really significant about this. It's, it is rare to have a dedicated special grand jury for um, an investigation. And I think one of the biggest things is that this indicates that if there will be a, a strong focus and sustained uh, uh, commitment to a series of, of investigations. It's also worth noting that it shifts the grand jury from Virginia to Washington, D.C. That's a big deal for who will be on the jury. That's a much more democratic pool to draw from. That's less of a big deal for the grand jury, which will issue indictments if the prosecutor wants them. It's a much bigger deal for the trial jury uh, for which you need unanimous uh, convictions. Well, Gene, what can we expect that the grand jury will do? Is it going to be hearing testimony? Will there be what what ex, what actions can we expect Mueller and his investigators to take now that they have a grand jury impaneled? Well, I don't want to speculate. The uh, there is a report from Reuters that they've issued su- subpoenas related to the uh, June 2016 meeting between uh, uh, Don. Donald Trump Jr., uh, Manafort, Kushner, and uh, the Kremlin-connected lawyer. Uh, but I, I would agree that it does seem uh, that this is an indication that, uh, that this is not going to be wrapped up anytime soon, that uh, it's moving on uh, to more serious matters. And just to clarify, Jed, does the existence of the grand jury indicate that Mueller will be pursuing criminal charges of some kind? It certainly makes it far more likely. A grand jury is a necessary step in a federal criminal investigation to get from an investigation to an indictment. So uh, it's a necessary step. uh, And it it doesn't mean 
think people should jump to the conclusion that the existence of a grand jury means that indictments are coming or coming anytime soon. But you have to keep in mind that what the grand jury allows is very broad powers by a prosecutor. There is no judge that supervises the grand jury. It's the prosecutor, the grand jury, and witnesses or even defendants in the room, and that's all under oath. So not only does this sweep into the investigation past events, now anyone who appears before the grand jury is under oath, and if they say things that are inconsistent, they're under new legal jeopardy. So this really is a very powerful tool by a prosecutor who is moving towards uh, an investi- moving along in an investigation to move along much faster. And having a dedicated grand jury to this particular investigation means that he has this as a tool at his disposal at any time with, that will have background. He doesn't have to start over with every new grand jury with, that's hearing murder cases or theft cases. He has a, a grand jury that is devoted and will be up to date with each step of the investigation. That's why this is so significant. We've been talking with Jed Sugarman, a professor at Fordham University Law School, and Gene Healy, vice president at the Cato Institute, uh, about special counsel Robert Mueller impaneling a federal grand jury in Washington. Gene, Mueller has also been really expanding his team rather rapidly, about 16 prosecutors when last I uh, heard, and uh, high profile, and they have experience in international bribery, organized crime, and financial fraud. What does that tell you? Well, it tells me it's a serious effort, and uh, one of the things that I think is uh, ironic in this whole uh, episode is the is how self-inflicted all of this is. It seems to me highly unlikely that we would have had a special counsel if it weren't for the fact that uh, uh, President Trump uh, fired uh, the FBI director, uh, uh, you know, pushed a story uh, that it was about uh, the uh, the Clinton email investigation, abandoned that story three days later and said it was about the Russia thing and basically put uh, Deputy AG Rod Rosenstein in a, in a position where uh, it was almost inevitable that he would have to appoint a special counsel. Um, and uh, I guess it just remains to be seen whether there are going to be further self-inflicted wounds as this goes on. Uh, Jed, is there a need for the Senate or and, con- and the rest of Congress to take action here to protect the integrity of the special counsel? I think there is a need. I think that um, what's, what's very positive is that you've got members, a bipartisan effort in the Senate and in the House now to put forward a statute. I think that's more important as a signal uh, to Trump uh, that he shouldn't go further because now Congress is has a bipartisan effort to protect Mueller, that's more important than with the statute they pass, uh, because I don't think any of us want to see uh, uh, this go any further with or without a statute uh, as, as a further uh, clash between the branches. We would just rather have Mueller be able to have his investigation. And we know, Gene, that it's, it's uh, going to be up to the new uh, White House uh, staff leader, their General Kelly, to to try to uh, lead President Trump in the right direction. So far, there's been no mention of trying to fire Robert Mueller. But if he did try to do so before the Congress took action, uh, would it set up a replay of the 1973 Saturday Night Massacre? 
It very well might. I, mean, I think it's remarkable uh, that you've uh, that there is this bipartisan cooperation to try to uh, to head that uh, eventuality off. Uh, you know, usually checks and balances only really work when you have, or, or only work well when you have divided government. But uh, here you have uh, members of the president's own party. Uh, getting together in a bipartisan fashion to try to prevent uh, another Saturday night massacre. Uh, so we will have to we'll have to see but uh, it is uh, if you want to look for a bright side in all this, it is nice to see Congress reassert itself uh, this early in a new administration. Uh, Jed, one of the things they've done is uh, they both parties seem to be aligned on not allowing for recess appointments uh, by the president. What, what is that about? Right. This is very important uh, because uh, w- when there's a recess, it'll, the, the Constitution allows the president to appoint someone without Senate confirmation for one year. So the, the speculation was that Trump was going to fire Sessions because he was recused from the Russia investigation, use the recess to appoint someone else, and it really was pretty broad. He could have appointed almost anyone else who had already been uh, confirmed by the Senate. So he could have found someone who was a, 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 a loyalist, a toady, to come in to the, run the Department of Justice as Attorney General and fire, uh, fire Mueller. Um, without, this, without a recess, he can't appoint a new AG with that kind of flexibility. It then returns, if he were to fire Sessions, he, uh, he still could, but the line of succession is dictated and much narrower to the career people who are uh, underneath Rosenstein. Gene, we haven't heard that much about this uh, grand jury in in fact, it's apparently been going on for weeks before there was some reporting about it. Um, it is under secrecy, but the witnesses who come in, if he calls witnesses as we expect he will, if he subpoenas witnesses to testify, could talk about it. Do you expect to see to hear leaks about this? I think there will be enormous pressure to get information about this. I mean, certainly now you're going to have reporters uh, you know, uh, hanging out outside the courthouse trying to see who, uh, who, who, who's appearing. Uh, so I think there will be a, a good deal of pressure for uh, people to find out uh, about uh, w- what's going on, and I, I, I suspect we'll, we'll hear more about it. And uh, just in about... Uh, a minute, Gene. Do you think we're going? I Jed. Do you think that we're going to see a lot of action right now that's going to get leaked out, or is it going to go quiet for a while? Jed, well, I think it's been impressive about how little leaking there's been uh, from the Mueller from inside the Mueller team compared to how much unprecedented amount of leaking there has been from the White House. Uh, this, I think, reflects uh, on Mueller's professionalism and the professionalism of, of his. Uh, really prestigious team of lawyers. Quite a contrast. Uh, I want to thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Jed Sugarman. He is a professor at Fordham University Law School and Gene Healy, vice president at the Cato Institute, talking about uh, Robert Mueller's 
impaneling a federal grand jury in Washington, D.C. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, a lawyer who's making it less profitable to sue when companies merge. We're talking about class action lawsuits, and he represents dissatisfied members of class action lawsuits. And then we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court and its business cases last term. How well did businesses do? Very well. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.